This is a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast with Deanna Bartolini, an author, speaker, and retreat leader who wants you to know your faith and live not lukewarm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Not Lukewarm Podcast for this week. I'm Deanna Bartolini, your host, and joining me today is Chloe Langer. Hello, Chloe. Hi, how are you? I'm great. I'm super excited that you're here to be uh, talking with us today. And I'm going to go ahead and give Chloe's formal introduction, and then we're going to get started in our conversation. So Chloe Langer is a Catholic wife, mom, and author living in the heart of the Midwest. She hosts Letters to Women, a podcast that explores what it means to live out the feminine genius in the everyday. She is a Catholic Book Award winner, and she is the author of several books, including Created for Love, Reflections for the Catholic Bride-to-Be, and Letters to Women, Embracing the Feminine Genius in Everyday Life. When she isn't behind the podcast microphone, you can find her drinking espresso with her husband, Joseph, and reading board books with her two young daughters. And you can also uh, f- check out more about Chloe at her uh, letterstowomenpodcast.com website. So... Let's talk a little bit. I'm excited. Um, so feminine genius, that's not a word that we hear very often. Do you want to tell us about that? <laughs> yes, absolutely. I think it's kind of a buzzword in a lot of Catholic conversations that we toss out when we talk about women. But I think many of us, myself included for a long time, had no idea what I was talking about when I used that phrase. You know, it originates from Pope St. John Paul II in his writings and his papacy. And he has this beautiful papacy that I grew up and think like when I think of a Pope, it's Pope John Paul II was the Pope of my childhood. And so it's been really beautiful to unpack his writings as an adult years later. Um, but he writes about how the feminine genius is this gift that's that God's given uniquely to women. And the thing that he doesn't write is the formal definition. Like nowhere in John Paul II's writing is there something like the feminine genius is, you know, fill in the blank or do these five things and you will have the feminine genius down. And I'm a type A organizer, the oldest of eight who fulfills every stereotype that you have of someone who likes to plan and have a template and things like that. And so for a long time, that frustrated me to no end that there wasn't a checklist, that there wasn't one way to live out the feminine genius. Um, but what I've discovered over the past, the course of the past four or five years is that the fact is the fact that the feminine genius looks different in every woman's life. Every woman has a specific unique call, the way that she's called to live out her femininity and the gifts and charisms that the Lord's given her. So yeah, there's no, there's no hard set definition, but there's, that's an invitation to freedom, I think more so than a frustration. I think that's interesting that, you know, cause we do like those five things to do, or <laughs> this is exactly what it is. But I think your last point is that it looks different for every person. Um, then that's the beauty because that's truly how God created us. He did not create us to be the same. And when I look at myself, I think, thank goodness everyone is not like me, even though oh. sometimes I think it would be make life easier. Right? It's true. With us, yes. Um, but it's so that's interesting. You know, there is no formal definition, right? But it's how really, how we are put together as women and what right. our gift is to the world in that role, whatever it looks like. Um, So how do we live out our feminine genius? 
Yeah. I think this piggybacks really well on what we were just talking about, how it's going to look different for every woman. So I can speak into what it looks like in my life. So John Paul II never says, like we said, there's no four things. There's no five things to look to, but there's so many characteristics of the feminine genius that come alive in our lives as women. And a couple that John Paul II mentions are things like receptivity. This idea that as women, we are uniquely created to be open to life in, in many, so many ways, whether that's physically through bearing children, whether that's bearing life and being receptive to the Lord in our interior life, that that's going to look different in the life of every woman. John Paul II also talks about this gift of sensitivity that women have and what that looks like in our daily life. And I think that sometimes sensitivity can get a bad rap. We think of that as, oh, that's wearing your heart on your sleeve and you're so emotional and, and things like that. Or many of us, I think, have wounds in our story from people thinking that sensitivity and, and having a compassionate heart is something to be ashamed of. But I think that's another way that we live out the feminine genius, this awareness of the story of others in our life. So being able to notice things like the facial expression of a friend when she says she's fine, but you know that she's not really fine or to be able to get up in the middle of the night and, you know, feed your baby because you're sensitive to their calls. You heard them despite the fact that you were sleeping. Um, Another aspect of the feminine genius that I think that so many of us live out in our daily lives is generosity. This idea that of giving of ourselves, um, of our own hearts, but then also being generous with our time in the way that we give to our family or our church or our community specifically as women. Um, and then one of the last things that John Paul II mentions when it comes to living out the feminine genius is this idea of maternity, um, that every woman's called to be a mother, regardless of what that looks like, that the Lord has invited women specifically to bear fruit in a uniquely feminine way. So that might be mentoring a, a young woman at your parish, that might be giving birth, that might be adoption, that might be being a school teacher and being really attentive to the needs of your kids. So it, it looks different um, for every woman. But I think those four kind of core pillars, I think, are are in every woman's life in some way, shape, or form. As you were as you were talking, I was thinking too that not only does it look different in everyone's life, in every woman's life, but I think it looks different over time as well. You know, I mean, I think uh, I'm sort of on the the back end of motherhood. Is that can you say that? I'm not sure what that means. Um, but you know, I'm a grandmother now. And so yeah. my I my looking at being receptive and being maternal is very different. I'm not well, sometimes I physically take care of people's needs, but for the most part, you know, it's being very it's being supportive. It's doing the yes, I can take that lovely grandchild for a couple of hours while you, you know, do whatever you need to do. And it's different. And and I think um, oftentimes people think that the church has an idea of women and their role as being very rigid. And listening to this, having this conversation just reminds me again how we're not called to one thing. We're called to be who God calls us to be. And it is not the same. It's not the same for any one, any, you know, all 10, 10 women, we're all, we're all going to look different. And also as, as our lives age, as we age, I think about aging sometimes, maybe a little bit too much. Um, sorry. <laughs> but, you know, it changes, it just changes how it looks, you know, and what you're able to do with and for and for people. Um, yes. Which brings me to your book. So um, I'm going to, well, tell us how that came to be. Sure. So 
Um, throughout my life, I've been wondering what this feminine genius is. And, and I first had heard about it in eighth grade. I thought it was great. And it was something that I wanted. And the further away that I got from eighth grade through college, through my early marriage, I had this fear creep up that I wasn't enough for the feminine genius, that, that there was this one way and I wasn't going to make the cut. And so I started to talk to women in my life and I just started asking them this question, what does the feminine genius look like in your daily life? Because I had this desire to know, not to copy it in some ways, but to see, okay, how are people actually living this concept out? So those conversations brought so much fruit that I would share, you know, maybe a woman's insight from a previous conversation with another friend. And she would have this desire to like, oh, I wish I was in on that conversation. That sounds really beautiful. So I started recording these conversations, which became the Letters to Women podcast. And then beautifully out of that podcast, the fruit of that was a book, which is a collection of 30 letters from different women. Like you said, in all seasons of life, in all situations that there are some, I think that are letters that are in this book that are, are very unique to different women's seasons that they're in. Maybe it's motherhood or dating, um, or, uh, you know, discerning your vocation to religious life. But then there's evergreen topics that I think so many women experience, like this desire for authentic friendship, the struggle with comparing our life to other women, um, the desire to see our body as good and, and recognize that the Lord has made it that way and kind of sorting through ways that we've not honored it that way in our, in our daily lives. So then I, I prayed over these, these letters that I think would be really fruitful in the lives of women and then reached out to women and asked if they had some words of encouragement to encourage women to know that they're not alone when it comes to those seasons and situations. And then look, I put them all together and, and they're a book now. Yep. It, it really, uh, so I had not, I've not read the whole book, not going to lie. Um, <laughs> and, and it's packed full of letters. And as Chloe just said, the letters apply in all different situations of life. And some are very specific, you know, maybe women who've had a miscarriage, um, women who are looking for a spouse. And so I picked one. So my, my word of the year is surrender. And so there oh, is yes. a letter about surrendering. And I just thought, well, let me just read this one. Let me, let me read this one and see what it's like. And so I read it. And as I'm reading it, I realized that the woman who's writing it, well, I could probably be her mom. Yeah. Um, yes. So oh, Chloe said yes very quickly. Apparently, I don't look super young this morning. No, I'm just kidding, just kidding. Uh, so, so I, I, and I thought to myself, this is amazing because what this young woman is writing, it totally resonated with me. It totally resonated with me and this whole struggle that we have to surrender mm -hmm. and the fears that are involved in that and how the overwhelming feelings that we have in, in regard to that. And I thought to myself, this is again, such a great perspective and really shows the feminine genius at work. So it's not bound by age. Mm -hmm. And the woman, I, mean, I don't wanna give away the whole story that she was writing about, but she was talking about uh, being a triathlete. And again, not my experience. I walk. Mine, mine either. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I walk. Occasionally, I ride a bike, and that's we're done. Um, so, but again, the the feelings, the emotions, the where where God spoke to her heart. That doesn't matter. Like your age, your your education, your profession. It's so true. You know, I, I absolutely love that you share that because 
the woman who shared that letter is a dear friend of mine who I met back when she was in high school. And so she is quite a few years younger than myself as well. And so I've loved just soaking in the wisdom that she has at such a young age. And so it's beautiful to hear that 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 letter impacted you too. But it reminds me what you're sharing. Uh, it reminds me of the original letter to women that JP2 wrote in 1995. And, and in that, he has kind of this litany of thanks. Thank you, women who are mothers. Thank you, women who work. Thank you, women who are consecrated. And goes through all these different seasons of life that seem incredibly specific to each woman. And then he ends it by thanking every woman for the simple fact of being a woman. And I think in his letter and my prayer is in this book as well, that's this rallying cry that the the feminine genius isn't something that you have to to do. It's not another thing to add to your to-do list. It's something inherent. It's, it's being and existing as a Catholic woman. And I think the way, yeah, the way that Ingrid's letter resonated with you, I think speaks so beautifully into that reality of the feminine genius. So I would definitely, definitely recommend this book. Um, Some of the, the authors are women you might know, and some are women that are Chloe's friends that you may never meet and may never, may never know. But it just, again, reminded me that God works through and in all of us. Amen. In so true. Varied, varied ways. And your book really points to that in a, in a very, very visible way, you know, Thank you. very tangible. So I, I, I like that about the book very much. Praise God. Anything else you want to share about the feminine genius or about the book? Um, one thing that is really neat about this book that I found when it comes to exploring the feminine genius is that I think we discover more about what it means to be a Catholic woman, woman in conversation with other Catholic women, just like what we're doing right here today. And so one thing that I wanted to make sure to include in this book is first these letters, but then at the end of each letter, readers will find um, questions for maybe they're a journaler or an internal processor, or they need, a, they want to dig deeper into these concepts. So they'll find questions for reflection, but then there's also questions for small group discussion. So I just want to encourage people, if you pick up the book um, and you're desiring to dive deeper into these topics, to use those discussion questions to really foster some great conversation with women in a small group, or maybe it's your sister who you read the, read the book with over the summer, um, or whatever that looks like. So that, that there is that tool to keep going deeper into the feminine genius within that book as well. Yeah, it was, I really, I highly recommend the book. Um, you know, I'm someone who reads all the time and I get books all the time and, um, I never have enough time, but I could also see this book is great because each letter is a couple of pages Mm -hmm. and they totally, you know, you can read one letter in a week and then a week later, pick up another one. It's not, you don't have to read it from page one to the end, unless you must, because that's your personality. You can do that as well. (laughs) Also an option. (laughs) Also, whatever works for you. Amen. Um, So Chloe and I talked ahead of time about the Not Lukewarm Challenge, and she came up with a great Not Lukewarm Challenge for this week. So I'm going to let her tell you guys about that. I really encourage you as a listener to focus more on the existing in prayer, to exist with the Lord in prayer. And so instead of going into prayer, maybe with an agenda or these specific desires you're going to pray about, instead to enter into prayer this week, simply to exist with the Lord in a moment of silence and ask him who he says you are. So Chloe, thank you so much. Um, Do you have anything coming out soon? Are you working on any new projects? 
<laughs> so you can always find me. Um, I, t- I have new episodes of the Letters to Women podcast every other Monday. So you can find Letters to Women wherever you listen to podcasts. And then my book it launched, launches officially on March 9th. And so if you want to check out the Letters to Women book, you can find it anywhere books are sold, um, but especially via Tan Books, who is the, the publisher and on good old Amazon, which always has everything you need. <laughs> everything you need, literally. <laughs> and uh, things you don't need as well. Yes, so, exactly. Um, all right. Well, Chloe, I have so enjoyed talking to you and I look forward to talking with you again and to reading more of your book. Oh, thank you, Dan. This is wonderful. All right, everyone have a great week and don't forget, live not lukewarm. Thanks for listening to the Not Lukewarm Podcast, a production of the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, please subscribe or tell a friend or leave a review. You can find all show notes and links on notlukewarmpodcast.com. That's also where you can find links to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Pinterest. If you have a topic that you'd like to learn more about or want to tell me how the Not Lukewarm Challenge went this week, please send me an email at Bartolini at mediaangels.com.